When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a very special edition, a Thanksgiving edition of Friends from Work. I am your co-host, Kyle Sconowell, and I'm joined by my longtime friend, Robbie Earle. And today is extra fun because it is Turkey Day today. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I love Thanksgiving. I have always, you know how I like lists and I like saying extreme statements. I have always thought that Thanksgiving (laughs) is the most underrated holiday. For me personally, I love Thanksgiving so much. I get good food that I love. I'm a big turkey guy. I love turkey barbecue, et cetera. Um, I'm a big turkey guy. I love the food. I get amazing time with my family, which for me is a huge deal. I'm very close to my family and I get football and I get to sit oh, around right, right. and the weather's cold and the I just weather love, is perfect. I love Thanksgiving so much. So it's an underrated holiday. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Robbie. I know it's a little weird actually, cause I'm over here in the, in the UK. So I'm not, I'm not getting that American experience. You're still over there. Come I'm back for Thanksgiving, here. please. I'm not even sure how to get back home at this point. It's yeah, been you. so long. You might have to I retrace Christopher Columbus's now. stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I do think, uh, I think you're right. I think Thanksgiving is maybe the most underrated holiday. I also think that New Year's Day is the most overrated holiday. Oh my goodness, I agree. We have not talked about this either until now. That's true. Totally agree. <laughs> okay, what else this is, is underrated? Like the one thing we haven't talked about yet. I like Fourth of July too. By the way, I like hot yeah, dogs and like fun. sitting outside. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, New Year's so overrated. I also like, this is a weird, it's like, it's a weird thing to like, but I really love dressing in cranberry sauce. Like it feels strange to say (laughs) that, but I'm like really into it. (laughs) Do you combine all of your food items and eat them together or are you a separated on the plate kind of guy? A little, generally I'm a separate on the plate kind of guy. I, I do combine the cranberry sauce and the dressing, but everything else stays separate. No, see, I'm like a mashed potatoes, turkey, corn, gravy, all in the same bite. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's You're a madman. Yeah, I'm a crazy person. (laughs) But today, Robbie, we wanted to take a little bit of a different approach and sharing a special Thanksgiving episode of Friends from Work. That's right. What are we thankful for in the MCU? (laughs) So I think this could be kind of fun. Uh, Robbie and I, again, have not shared what we are thankful for in the MCU. So we both have five things that we are just loving right now in the MCU. Yep, and I haven't heard yours yet, Kyle. So I'm really curious to see what it is that you're really holding dear to your heart these days. No no doubt. I don't even know the approach you're taking with this, if it's funny or if it's (laughs) real or whatever. So uh, I'll just start with one of mine, okay? All right. 
I am thankful. You got to say it like real polite, like, okay? Because it's all right, Thanksgiving. All right. okay. Like we're holding hands around the table. Yes. I am so thankful that they eventually show us the individual powers of each infinity stone. Oh, that's such a Kyle thing to say. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I like though <laughs> the idea that each stone actually has an ability versus they're all just powerful. And I feel like when they first started, there was a lot more talk about how all the stones are just powerful of, you know, right. ultimate power, oh, totally. like the reality. So, but then I like that eventually we get to see each one have an ability. Doctor Strange with a time stone and you can actually pause time and reverse time and right. um, the reality is so alter reality, right? It's cool. Power right. stone is just super powerful. Space stone, it's how you get around. I love it. And the mind stone, you can take over people's minds. So I am thankful today that they show us the power of these infinity stones. I'm thankful for that too. What are you thankful for? I, <laughs> I am thankful that Tony Stark is not played by Tom Cruise. I, well, I am too. I, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I love Tom Cruise, by the way. I love oh, Tom I Cruise. And I, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. I'm like a massive Tom Cruise fan. I think he's got maybe, he's maybe the best actor of our generation as far as he's been in the most movies that are unbelievable, okay? But I see what you're saying. That's a bold statement that you just okay, made. Okay, I'm just let's, processing that. Okay, hold on. Let's talk about this. Some people throw out Tom Hanks, but I'm a Tom Cruise guy. Dude, think about this. All the you're Mission gonna Impossible. You're going to get Cruise over Hanks? Oh, way over Hanks. Wow. Oh, God. I love Hanks, but it's- Wow. Bro, think about this. A Few Good Men, Jerry Maguire, all the Mission Impossibles, like besides number two, they're all incredible. Even the yeah. most recent ones. Um, I could just go on and on. He's got, I mean, have you seen Oblivion's not bad? I like Oblivion. I like Minority Report, bro. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What a thrilling, I could well, just Edge go on Tomorrow forever. is great. Edge of Tomorrow is so good. These are movies that people are just like, oh, they're Tom Cruise movies, but they're actually amazing. Anyways. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I am, one, I will say a few good men and Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire especially is like one of my all-time favorites. A Few Good Men is also because I love Aaron Sorkin and because I'm a soon-to-be lawyer, so it's close to my heart, but- I still, I've got to give it to Hanks, but we can't go down this road right now. I, but, but, I just love but, that, by the know. way, by the way, those are, he's an action actor, but those movies give us like a very different role. He's very well-rounded oh, totally. still. Anyways, but gosh, that was one of we'll my Robbie. Jerry Maguire. Am, we'll do a Jerry Maguire episode at some point. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote but, this, by the way. I am thankful that RDJ was Iron Man. That's what I wrote. Yeah, okay, good. I mean, because it was a close thing, right? Like we talked about this some in the Iron Man episode, but I mean, it's kind of crazy to me in retrospect that Tom Cruise didn't get this role because he wanted it, like he was interested in it. Like I, it, it would have made so much sense for Marvel to be like, okay, the biggest action star in the world should start our whole franchise. Like it kind of makes no sense that that isn't what happened, but I'm so grateful because as much as I do like Tom Cruise, there's no way that he would have brought to this what RDJ has. Right, and actually listening to that Matthew Berry interview episode just reminded me oh, of yeah. how perfect that decision was. Oh, totally. How, I mean, how much he has kind of spearheaded the entire MCU because of that. Right, well, and even just his his own kind of personality outside the movie. Like, it's like he's he's so invested in it and so kind. And again, which I'm not saying Tom Cruise isn't those things, but I feel like, you know, we've, we've gotten at this before, but even the way that Robert Downey Jr. has really viewed the MCU as like his own kind of personal project. Like it's like so tied to him in a way that like with Tom Cruise being just like a movie star, like I don't think that he would have the kind of personal investment that RDJ has had. 
you know, like especially with him coming from kind of where he had been right. in the early and mid 2000s. And so anyway. That's why in a way RDJ is kind of the father of this all. That's my point is he right, has right. felt personally tied to it. So that was one of mine too. So I'll actually do my third thing I'm thankful for then. Nice. Which is I am thankful that they found a really good and fitting way to bring the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers together. That is oh, one of my nice. favorite scenes in Infinity War that you had these two totally separate universes and just that scene when they run into Thor and yeah. pick up Thor in the Milano and they get to have that entire interaction. And in general, I guess I could expand this just to say, listeners of this podcast know this, how much I just enjoy getting to see these characters in the same room, but especially right. something that shouldn't work on paper with how different these things are to have them be a team and, and working together is something I'm thankful for today on Thanksgiving. Well, and even I would say to extend that even to the first interaction that we get between the guardians and Tony and Peter and Dr. Strange, I feel like that's also really well done. I know like the Thor, the initial Thor scene is, is like the, the yes. real merging, but but all of it, you know, and just the other day we were talking about other movies, not in this realm, they can stay nameless, but just how so many other science fiction movies are now trying to do kind of a guardians of the galaxy thing, right. just kind of constantly reminds me of a, how revolutionary that movie was, but B how well it worked. Like so many right. other movies don't get it perfectly right. And you don't really notice how good it is until you see someone else do it in sort of a mediocre fashion. Right. And like then you see to all bring the ingredients him- there, but it's like, oh man, like I don't, it's, it's really impressive whenever someone can take it to the next level. Like, right. Marvel but then to have to them do. interacting with Spider Man and have that work, right. just, it just, I'm thankful for that. What's yours? All right. I am thankful. And this is, you know, this maybe goes without saying, but I'm thankful that Disney and Sony were able to come to an agreement <laughs> oh, no. and give us some more MCU Spidey. Because it was really touch and go there for a bit, Kyle. No, that's my other one. That's why I'm laughing. There's no oh. way we wrote two of these exactly <laughs> the same. Now I got to think of something different. I mean, that was that, like, I really was kind of torn up about that, like, for several months, more so than I probably should have been. <laughs> and... I was so excited, so relieved whenever I saw that they had come to a deal because I just, I really love what they've done with that character and I'm so excited to see where it goes. I have a few thoughts on this. One is that, yes, I was very relieved, but there was a part of me that always knew it had to be this way. Like, I kind of thought there's no way they won't figure it out. So I am so thankful that they did, but there's just... It would have been the worst decision ever to not have them be in the same universe at this exact moment. Maybe in a few years, once they tie up the story, you could do that. But right now, you could not separate the two. So it wasn't as shocking because I'm like, there's no way. But yes, I wrote that down as one of mine. I am so thankful they worked (laughs) it out. And I'm thankful, by the way. Yes. Oh, my gosh, Robbie. We're so (laughs) on the same wavelength. I was just going to say, I'm so thankful that we have an actor that plays Spider-Man that cares so much that he would be a part of this. Right, right. Like, I think he was, if you watch interviews with him, he was genuinely bummed when he was starting to think this isn't going to work. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and the fact that he, like, tracked down Bob Iger's personal number, like, I know that Tom Holland's a big deal actor, but that's still kind of crazy right? to call the head of Disney on his personal cell 
Like that's not like I, I think even being even even a bigger deal actor than Tom Holland, I think that's like still a pretty ballsy move. No doubt. Okay, so then my next one, which might be my last one since you stole two of mine already. <laughs> I am just so thankful that the Rousseau brothers came on board and that they came oh, on board nice. when they yeah. did. You know I have a preference towards the way they make films. Sure. And I just sit back and I think to myself, I'm so grateful that Marvel took a chance on these guys when they did with Winter Soldier and decided after Winter Soldier, these are going to be the guys to do the three most impactful movies we have left with Civil right. War, Infinity War, and Endgame. I feel like that was a bold thing to do because at the time they had tons of different directors, you know, probably throwing their hat in the ring. But sure. Marvel made the correct decision with them. I And I just got to a point where I implicitly trusted all their decisions. It didn't have to be that way. Like, oh, yeah. it could have been somebody else that I just didn't like, and I would have had this weird feeling about how the whole thing wrapped up. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm so thankful that they were put in charge and that it just worked out. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that I, I am also thankful for that. I think that's very fair to say. I would, I'm still always, I'll always be curious to see how Joss Whedon would have finished it out, but I feel like so grateful for the way the Russo brothers did because I can't imagine it being any better than what we got. Well, and I don't mean that as any disrespect to Joss Whedon at all. I really appreciate what he did with the first two Avengers. But for me, stylistically, right. the Russo brothers made four of my top you know, eight favorite movies. So, Oh, yeah. Well, I am thankful that Marvel took its time. And let me explain that. I was just thinking back on this. They took four years to make five movies before we ever got the Avengers. They took 11 years to make 21 movies before we ever got Avengers Endgame. And I'm so grateful for that because they really, like they gave us time and they gave us, you know, just sh the sheer amount of films necessary for us to be invested in the story, invested in these characters in a way that would ultimately pay off. And it really did pay off, but it's like, you know, talking about what other franchises have done, the way that other studios have kind of tried to approach the shared universe thing, like it is not easy to do. And I think there's always a temptation to rush to the kind of money-making thing. And there's a world in which Marvel would have just said, okay, you know, all of our greatest characters, all of our best IP has been loaned out to other studios. Let's just do this Hail Mary of all the characters we have in this one big Avengers movie and just gone straight for that and not even gone for the Iron Man film, right? Like, that's not crazy to imagine happening. But I love that they were like, no, we're going to take our time and movie by movie, bit by bit, block by block, build this thing. And then to even continue that, like to, to get to Avengers and say, then we're going to even stretch it out more and build across, you know, over a decade to culminate in this finale that is the most epic movie that has ever been released by pretty much any standard. I just think it's like, I think that takes a lot of patience to do it the way that, that Kevin Feige and Marvel did. That's a really good point. I have not really sat back and thought about that a lot, but... You are very right. There's something else about when you space these movies out. As fans, we want movies right now more and more and more and more. And, and like Stranger Things on Netflix has changed that, how you can now just binge an entire show right. in one night if you wanted to. 
there's something fun about the anticipation that naturally gets built up when you have to wait. Yeah. And, well, and, and so that's attachment. a good point. I am thankful for that. Yeah. You know, because not only have these characters grown in the movie, but you as a human being can look back and say, you've grown over 15 years with these right. characters, you know? Right. As cheesy as that sounds, I do appreciate that. Um. Yeah, what else you got? Well, the last thing that I'm thankful for is Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, okay. So now you're now you're hitting on one of mine. So you're it's payback. And here's why I'm thankful for it. Because I never liked Thor 1 and 2. And there was so much about that character that I just didn't care for at all. And single-handedly in one movie, they so drastically changed my perception of one character that it's unbelievable. Like I went from Thor being the character I probably cared least about or fifth of six of the six main ones to like one or two. That's how invested I am in Thor. And I really want to kind of say that's because of Thor Ragnarok, how Chris Hemsworth changed his character and how Taika Waititi changed the entire vibe of Thor. And now I, yeah, I just love it now. So I'm thankful for that movie. That's great. No, that's what I was going to say. I'm just really thankful that Chris Hemsworth got restless in the way that he did in that character. Cause that's another thing that, you know, talking about these actors being invested in the stories and in the characters, like I don't think that every actor, especially when you're looking at like big action stars like this would care enough to go to the writers, to go to the directors, to go to Kevin Feige and say like, Hey, I want more from this role. And the fact that Chris Hemsworth kind of took the initiative and, you know, he had a real, I don't, want to say that he's the reason Taika Waititi got hired by any means, but I know that they had a relationship prior to this. And it's like the magic that happened whenever, you know, he communicated to Marvel that he wanted a fun movie and that Marvel just kind of went on board with that. And I don't think we've talked about this, but I was listening to an interview with him the other day about Thor Ragnarok. And he was saying that basically what he brought to kind of whatever version of an interview Marvel Studios has with its directors was like a film reel that was just a bunch of cuts from different scenes of other movies set to Immigrant Song. What? That was already in the production? Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it was just like, basically he was like, this is my idea for a vibe. And it was just like a bunch of crazy, colorful, different kind of zany scenes. And apparently Kevin Feige was just like immediately so enamored and loved the song enough to where he was saying like it wound up being like crazy expensive for them to use the song. But Kevin Feige was himself so into the idea that they like went for it, which I love. I love Led Zeppelin, which I do, but that's also referencing Far From Home. Get my joke. (laughs) Um, But I do love Led Zeppelin. That's amazing. Yeah, the reason I circle that movie too is because, you know, when you look at our main six there's a big part of me that says, hey, Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Black Widow, and Hawkeye, for the most part, from the first time they're on camera, they're really settled into their characters, and I like what they're doing as a character. Now, the individual movies they might be in might be better or worse than others, but sure. you, know, like, you don't really feel like Robert Downey Jr. wasn't ready for his role when you watch Iron Man, and same no, with Steve Rogers, no, no, no. you know? Yeah. But with Hulk in particular and Thor, um, it's that movie to me where I can circle it and go, okay, now it's like this unbelievable version of those two characters. Right. You know what I mean? It was such a defining moment. And I just, totally. I, it's just the, 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 how I feel about them was such a drastic swing that it's, it's notable. Well, and the way that I think Watiti directed that 
was basically just he it was super loose and we'll talk about this when we get to that movie but like that is the most improvised movie in the entire MCU. He himself, I think, has said that something like 60% of that movie, or maybe even more, is improvised. And whether he's exaggerating, I mean, that is coming from Taika Waititi, though. And it's like, I think the way he did it is he was like, all right, this is your motivation. Just, like, go play. Like, say whatever you think that character would say. Like, they had, like a, a, like, a super, super minimal script. But he really wanted those characters to kind of, or those actors to discover who those characters were. And I think that that had really lasting effects because like, it's not just that made for a great Ragnarok movie, but I kind of feel like Chris Hemsworth through that process discovered who Thor is in a way that winds up being huge for the performance that we get in the last two Avengers films. (laughs) No doubt, which I just got chills thinking about how much I love it. Like, yeah, you get two extreme versions of Thor in Infinity War and Endgame, but yes, it's a carryover still from this movie, not from the you know earlier ones. But right. this is not the Thor Ragnarok episode, so we need to save some <laughs> of our thoughts for when we actually get to this movie. Right. But I am thankful for it as well. Well, I do have I do have one more thing, and I feel like this is a pretty fitting way to end this episode because this is a theme that's been running through this whole podcast, but... Kyle, I am so thankful that Alan Silvestri was able <laughs> to return for both Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. Because I'm surprised you didn't also say you're so thankful for Coulson, for <laughs> Thor the Dark World, <laughs> Nick Fury, and Alan Silvestri. That's what I thought you were going to say there to wrap it up. I mean, that, that would also be true. But I just... You know, like we didn't have Alan Silvestri for Age of Ultron. Actually, what's crazy to think about, like we have different composers kind of reprise roles. If you think about it, we had Silvestri for the first Captain America and the first Avengers movie. And then we didn't get him again until the very last two. So it's like, it's not like he was in the MCU at any time in between that, like some of these other composers were. So it's totally believable that he wouldn't have come back, that we would have had maybe Brian Tyler or Danny Elfman that did Age of Ultron come back for the final one. But the fact that he is there to keep building on the themes that he put into those first two movies, because it's not just the Avengers. He also does some great stuff with some of the themes he put into the first Captain America film. Really, I think, hammers home the, the kind of dramatic conclusion that we need that is also sort of nostalgic like it like it ties the whole thing together because it feels so classic but he also adds these new really exciting themes i.e. portals i.e. the real hero you know it's like i just i I, i'm sure that i'm sure whoever whoever marvel hire would have been great but i am just really grateful that we have that kind of symmetry there to close it out I'm really grateful for you having that much passion for Alan Silvestri. <laughs> I like him too. I have nothing to add though. You you stole all the words from my mouth. I love it. I think I think we've said we've probably run out of ways to compliment Alan Silvestri That's at true. this point, but we'll find more. Yeah, we'll find him. We need to get him on this podcast. Oh my god. And to all of our listeners from Friends from Work, we are thankful for you. Yes. So thankful. This has been so fun for Robbie and I to do. You guys have no idea. And the fact that there are people out there that want to listen to it just makes us so grateful. So thank you to all of you. And from Robbie and I have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time on friends from work.